Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive truly. If I could just have 17 seconds of your time out the gate, I'd like to indulge in just the slightest bit of administration. December 2nd, 2022, the first ever live episode of Get Around Me. It's in Sydney on December 2nd, first ever live ep. Tickets available via the link in my Instagram bio. It's going to be so sick. Uh, That's filling up quite quickly, so if you'd like to come... December 2nd, Sydney, live episode, first one ever, Instagram bio, my name's Billy Darcy. That's really all the relevant info there is, you know what I mean? Anything after that, you may as well just start doing the podcast itself. So hope to see you there. No stress either way, it's going to be sick. Anyway, the world moves on and I'd like to come out the gates this week not backflipping on something. I think backflipping is a pretty aggressive term for what I've done here, but I, I will say I've come around on something, okay? I haven't chucked some crazy illegal U-turn, but I have, I have sauntered around the corner on this one. I think I've come around on Halloween, okay? I've been staunchly against it in the past uh, due to, mostly, I just hate it when we simp out for America on stuff like this, you know? People celebrating Halloween, you know, the next thing you know, everyone starts saying y'all. It's just, it's a slippery slope. And I personally was scared of the consequences. But I went for a walk uh, Monday afternoon. You know, it could have been borderline evening, you know, twilight as it were. And it was like a freaking festival of kids out there trick or treating. You know, I don't want to speak out of school, but I live in a particularly wealthy area as well. So these are rich kids, you know. You want to see you want to see a human being in a good mood. Have a look at a rich 7-year-old. They don't have too many problems going around and then they're just filled to the brim with fucking lollies, you know. There was so much joy in the air. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I've been so against this. I was like, what the hell? Am I against small children having fun? Because that's never been the point of this podcast. I'd like to come right out and say it, that get around me, you know, we are in favor of children having fun on this podcast, okay? And it's definitely not a platform we want to be associated with the pod, anti-child. I mean, you don't want to be too child-friendly either. There's definitely a middle ground between, you know, harmlessly supporting the youth and genuine pedophilia. We don't want to cross that line and no one's saying we will. But I'm saying that as far as Halloween, I always thought it was like some sort of a weird American thing. Why are we doing this? Mate, these kids were going nuts. I've never seen people having so much fun. So fair play. I've come around on Halloween. Obviously, I've been to Halloween parties before and, uh, you know, there's plenty going on there. Okay, there is positives to Halloween, re, you know, some of the sluttier outfits that attractive women are wearing and then... You know, it, it, it does lead to more house parties. And, you know, when I started to really have a look at Halloween and the stance I've taken previously, I realized I was being a negative Nelly. There's actually nothing too much wrong with this at all, okay? And the horses bolted. There was like thousands of kids out there. I've never seen anything like it. This is about maybe 6 p.m., 5.30. So it's just seven-year-olds as far as the eye can see. 
usually some mum who's just absolutely loving it. And then you got a you got like an office working dad just sort of pounding beers trying to get through the social anxiety of of whipping around the street asking strangers for lollies at the age of 43, you know? So it was quite a momentous occasion in my local neighborhood. And I, I do draw the line at saying y'all. I will not say y'all. I just, even hearing it come out of my mouth just then, I just don't think it has, has a place in the Australian vernacular. But who am I to say? Who am I to say? And yeah, there was just so many kids having fun. It's clearly a great occasion. I was there, I was there around 5.30. So I imagine around 8 o'clock, 7.30, once the sun starts to go down a bit, that's when you, you have probably your older, poorer kids from the neighborhood start to sort of poke their head out. And that's when, you know, people are knocking over mailboxes, throwing eggs, uh, this sort of stuff. So it really is, there's something for everyone. You know, if you're 21 looking to hook up with sort of a slutty nurse, if you're 14 and you want to just peg dairy at someone's property, and if you're seven and you just want to fucking fly real close to the sun and see what diabetes feels like for one night, I mean, really, Halloween is providing something for everyone. And I think personally, I've overlooked it. So you have my sincere apologies there. I'm, I'm a man. I'm a human. I make mistakes. Okay. So I'd just like to come out the gate and say I have come around on Halloween, you know, fantastic occasion. All these rich celebrities on Instagram, I got to say the Halloween outfits on Instagram, they do rev you up, but then you think, well, hang on, this is all well and good for Hayley Bieber to, you know, dress up as like a genuine lifelike fucking Medusa or whatever. But a lot of us, Hayley, don't actually have 4,000 US dollars burning a hole in our pocket, okay? We sent Macca to Kmart with $24 and a great attitude, and we said, see what you can come back with, okay? So I will say that as far as some of the cooler outfits, they probably are a little bit out of reach uh, for the average man, but still, I think I think Halloween as a, uh, as a holiday does have a lot of merit, and uh, I'm glad to be finally on board. Anyway, how long did that take? Almost certainly too long, and most of it will no doubt be cut, but let's get in to the yarns from the week that was, because this week I've got one, I've got one for the people. I've got one for the downtrodden, okay? I've got one for the little man who pushes back against the bigger horse and says, hey, enough is enough, okay? I've got one for any any uh, middle-class man out there whose heart rate just ever so slightly revs up anytime Shannon Noel screams into a microphone, Okay? What about me indeed, Shannon? What about me indeed? Okay. What I'm about to tell you is nothing short of a David versus Goliath modern fairy tale. It is us versus our property managers here at the Ladpad. Um, I don't want to name names, but they're a very upper class real estate company. And they've been putting the screws to us for quite some time here. Okay. And we have been pushing back you know, not just, and here's the thing, we haven't just been pushing back for personal gain, we've been pushing back on behalf of the working class everywhere, okay, so I'm going to give you the rundown here, I imagine there will be an ESPN 30 for 30 on our victory uh, in the coming months, because this is one for the ages, it's one for the people, and here we come. So, our lease ended on October 24th, 2022. 
the previous months have been nothing short of a veritable battlefield of power struggles, you know, egos, and and just outright classism. I'll be completely candid with you guys. We've seen the ugly side of capitalism here at the LADPAD. So, we came back from America at the start of August. Macca came back at the end of August, okay? The owner says the place is up for sale. We now have open homes every Saturday plus private inspections. Now, if you've ever rented before, rented a place that has been up for sale while you live in it, you will know that open homes are the most egregious invasion of privacy on God's green earth, okay? You, got to, you get kicked out of your, of your own fucking place, you know, ruining the illusion that it is in fact yours at all. You know, it's a staunch reminder as you are doing a panicked cleanup hungover on a Saturday morning. It is a staunch reminder that you, in fact, do not own this property and you are a mere renter, okay? So every Saturday for the last two and a half months, we've had open homes. It's fucking shit house. I'm not going to paint a picture here of anything but the cold, hard truth, okay? You wake up with your head banging on a Saturday morning and then you're bloody doing the bathrooms. I mean, this isn't, this isn't the sort of life God intended for, for young men. I'll, I'll tell you that for free. So... It's been quite, it's been annoying. And this guy's trying to sell the property. I don't want to speak out of school, but he's asking for about $42 trillion. And, you know, he's asking for too much. And our old place, the previous lad pad, was up for sale pretty much the whole time we were there. Another one of these clowns who bought at the wrong time. And he had this like average house up for like $2.8 million. So it's, this is adversity we've seen before. And I don't think our real estate company was expecting uh, the battle we have been waging ever since. So the, the lease offer came in, a year lease with a $50 increase. And here's the thing, dude. I hate it when they increase the rent for no reason. I just reject the premise. If you're going to put the rent up by 50 bucks a week, I should come home to like an extra bathroom. You know, we should have like a butler come in one day a week if you're just going to increase the rent. It's the same place. Why am I paying more? And I know what you're thinking. Billy, you're an idiot. You don't understand inflation. You don't understand interest rates, okay? But I've blown up a balloon before, and I'm here to tell you that regardless of the economic circumstances surrounding this price increase, and I'm sure the solidified maths that backs up, they're right to do it. I'm saying regardless of the logic, I reject it. I reject the premise of the rent going up for no reason. So they say one year plus the increase. Now we counter offer, always counter offer. I don't care if they've offered you exactly what you want. You fucking counter offer. Okay. Just see if you can get like a red skin out of these cunts, you know, say we accept, but we want, we want a fucking, we want a jumbo pack of whiz fizz, family size, no questions asked. Okay. Just see what, just see what you can get out of them. You never know. You know, you just never know what's going on on the other side of the fence. So we counter, six months, no increase, okay? They counter, six months with the increase, all right? We say no. They say no. They say, all right, here's the deal. We're going to try and sell this thing before October 24, and at that point, you'll be at the mercy of the new owners. You'll be kicked out on the street. You'll have nowhere to go. It's in your best interest to sign this lease 
or take a risk on the fact that no one's going to buy this thing, okay? And this is where, you know, you, you got to look in the mirror and say, how much do we want it, lads? How much does it mean to us, you know? And I'm, you know, I'm happy to say we drew a line in the sand. We said, mate, we will see you in hell or failing that, October, because we're not signing anything, you know? And so we've basically been locked in an arms race for the last four to five weeks where we've had open homes and private inspections. This bloke's desperately been trying to sell it before re-signing us. And I am very happy to say that this is a victory for the working class. October 24 has been and gone. The place has not sold, okay? Now, we are in the driver's seat. The lease is rolling. No penta paper, no increase, okay? We've done it. We've fucking done it. And this is, it's remarkable. It really is. Uh, this is a blow for the middle class. We represent you, the people, okay? So now... Our lease is rolling, which is a fantastic place to be in as long as you're like us with no real long-term plans, okay? If you've got three kids and, and your life ahead of you with a beautiful woman, you do not want to be rolling. You do not want to be rolling whatsoever, okay? If you're a group of fucking renegade single blokes with not a care in the world and, and, and more bucket hats than you know what to do with, then fuck yeah, dude. You want to be rolling, okay? And what that means is, is that when you're rolling, you don't have a lease, okay? We're leaseless men out here, renegades, bucking the trend. We spit on capitalism and we wipe our ass with the economy of this great nation, okay? <laughs> that, was, that was graphic. But basically, you don't have a lease, so you just pay, you pay the rent as per the previous agreed lease, and then from here, the owner can kick you out at any time, but he has to give you 90 days notice. So basically, you're on a three-month rolling lease at the previously agreed upon, upon price. Okay, so they offered us a year with an increase, and we got, not only did we get no increase, we got no lease. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now we're in the driver's seat, okay, because this thing never sold, and at the current price, it probably never will. And, you know, between you, me and the tree, I'm expecting to be famous by March next year. So at which point I'll be significantly upgrading my lifestyle. So this is exactly where the lads want to be. And here's the thing. We get to the end of November. You've, you've, the 90 days resets every day. You know, it's not like they have to give you 90 days notice from the end of your last lease. It's from, the, it's from when they let you know you got 90 from then. So if we get to December, January, and the guy says, hit the bricks, that's an extra three months on that. There's your six months. Pack it up, lads. It's time to move on anyway. You know, I'm looking at probably rebranding to moving to the inner west of Sydney next year. Um, I just, I think it's just gotten to the point with me in Manly where I have to either get a fade or move, okay? The lesbian locks, I'm starting to turn some, turn some noses up in the core, so... You know, I have been issued with three warnings from local alpha males that I have not been wearing enough Ralph Lauren polos and and also I am failing to wear black and white van shoes. So the local community has let me know that I've probably worn out my welcome here in the great the great area of the northern beaches of Sydney. And I need to either, you know, 
get with a chick from Love Island or or hit the bricks and move to Newtown. So that's what I'll be doing next year. And and with this new flexibility on our rolling lease, I now have the freedom to do that. So it's a victory for us um, and just goes to show, don't let these real estate cunts push you around out there, team, okay? Just because they send a few emails down the pipeline, you don't have to bloody, you know, it's your destiny. It's your lease. It is not your apartment. That's one thing that is clear. It is not your property, but it is your lease, okay? So take some ownership over it and don't let, the, don't let these freaking, these, these hair gelled up haircuts in tarot cash suits tell you how to live, okay? So what a victory. What a victory. Anyway, next up, highs and lows. We got positive followed by negative here. Firstly, uh, on Saturday night, we went to a Halloween house party, okay? Now, me, Adzi, and Maka, we went as the three blind mice in one of the more humorous Halloween dress-ups uh, the modern world has ever seen, okay? Because... Obviously, we were the three blind mice. You know, we had the sunglasses, the walking sticks, the whole thing. But as Macca pointed out, maybe 75 to 100 times throughout the afternoon and evening, we were also blind, as in drunk. Lol. <laughs> so, you know, a bit of a double entendre on the outfits there. Um, some people found that quip humorous. Many... Many women throughout the night found it to be quite childish. So fair play, babe. You know, up to you. Anyway, I'm just here to give a quick update on a situation that's been unfolding here at the pad. Uh, obviously, we came out the gates maybe three or four weeks ago announcing that Adzi was in fact single. And, you know, it was a momentous occasion. We've secured the lease for the summer as well. Adzi and the lad pad in Manly secured for the summer. You know, he's single, the lease is rolling. It was a real downhill situation. A lot of momentum here at the pad. Um, the feeling around the camp was unbelievable. Uh, I think Mako's been sprinkling fucking camaraderie on his wheat bix in the morning. And it's been a great time to be a part of the pad here. It really has. And there was a lot of talk of, wow, we're all single. Wow, here, here we come. You know, this is going to be fantastic. And... You know, that hasn't been the case. That hasn't been the case. Originally, I was planning on doing a single Adzi update each week, sort of letting you, the listener, in on Adzi's prod, prod, not product, but progress, I should say, back into single life and how he's doing with the birds out there. So a week went past. I didn't give the update. Another week, another week. And now it's just gotten to the point where I've got to say something. Unfortunately, guys, Adzi has struggled to return to single life. I'd like to publicly announce that, unfortunately, Adzi, against some of his advisors, Adzi has been having sex with his ex-girlfriend uh, pretty much every week since they broke up. So <laughs> he hasn't exactly launched himself back into single life. I mean, this bloke, it's fucking unbelievable. If he smells a beer, he's texting her. So... It's been really quite a rocky return for Adzi. We're doing our best. You know, we've been running the single drills, but, you know, you can not you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's what we're finding with Adzi. Um, we've tried everything, alcohol, party drugs, you name it, we've tried it, and we just cannot get this guy back on the straight and narrow. So 
I'll keep you guys updated as we go, but it has been, yeah, it's it's an ongoing situation that we're dealing with here at the pad, okay? This honestly feels like when Daily Cherry Evans backflipped on the Gold Coast Titans, you know? We did the press conference. We did the announcement. He's holding up the single jersey. He's back. So I'd like to apologize. Um, I'd like to say we're doing everything we can to remedy this, and I will keep you updated as we go from here. Okay, up next, I'd like to engage in a pretty aggressive change of pace here on the podcast. I'd like to talk extensively about Love Island for about nine minutes, if I could, because I caught a rare night of commercial television on Monday. I was home, I didn't have a gig, and we have a vested interest in this year's season of Love Island, as Macca has previously hooked up with one of the contestants. And so, obviously, he was raring to go to get this thing on. I mean, he had reminders set all over the apartment, whole deal. I happen to be home, so strap in. Let's get amongst it, you know. I've I've watched such little commercial television, like Channel 9 and that, that it's like, it's fun when you do. It's like nostalgia. You're like, oh, ad break. (laughs) It's so weird. So anyway, I'm not a Love Island guy. I've never watched a whole season, but... Maka and Adzi love it, okay? So I watched the whole first episode. Pretty interesting stuff. Pretty interesting stuff. Firstly, really strong group. Really strong group. Because you know with these shows, sometimes you do, you do get a bad year where you think, fuck, a couple of people have snuck under the radar here as far as their physical attractiveness. But this year, dude, absolute. It's just nothing but tens. Uh, one contestant has pretty blatantly slept with a producer to get on. No need to name names. It's obvious who they are. But I will say, lot of really cool group. Everyone is extremely attractive. Uh, standard reality show in that most of the girls in their little opening interview, they just sort of like cryptically admit they're a bitch. <laughs> you know, where they're like, I always get what I want. And like this sort of stuff. It's like, pretty creative way to just say I don't think of others or whatever and you know I'm in for it I'm in for it all one girl said she got with uh 10 AFL players and was holding an AFL ball what what a truly playful way to uh, admit to being passed around by the Brisbane Lions (laughs) I thought it was absolutely hilarious she's like kicking the AFL ball around I thought it was because she played AFL (laughs) I was like, oh, is this chick in the AFLW or the, the WAFL, however you say it? And the lads are like, nah, nah, she's just rooted heaps of the players. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the girls seem cool. Uh, shout out to the one half Asian girl who's really carrying the diversity for the group. <laughs> Massively. I think there's one chick who's like Sicilian and one, one chick who's half Asian. And then the rest of the girls, I think, all went to my primary school here on the Northern Beaches. So not a lot of diversity in the group, but that's okay. Um, One bloke, dude, this one guy, the lads mostly seem cool. This one bloke, uh, we called him Colby Covington because he looks like UFC fighter Colby Covington. He's like, it's like they made a guy in a lab who's just like a piece of shit. (laughs) Dude, it's like he... He's got a half sleeve tattoo. He's just got this. You know when someone's skull is shaped like 
He's got the sort of skull where it's like, I could tell you've headbutted someone before. You know, it's one of those skulls where you think that thing, that skull's made for ramming into other skulls. And horrific tattoos. And of course, cherry on top, real estate agent. You know, it's like, dude, this guy was made in a government lab to piss me off. (laughs) And it was so funny, dude. Like, this guy was like, yeah, I'm a real estate agent. Like, I don't compete with anyone. I'm not used to competing with anyone. I always get what I want. Really, really cool guy. Really cool guy. Alpha male alert. Okay. So I was interested to see how the other lads would deal with this, uh, this veritable legend. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. One guy there is like a pro soccer player. He's so hot. It's like uh, uncomfortable how attractive this guy is. You ever seen a person where they get to a point where someone is so attractive, it doesn't even matter what they say anymore. Like the the girls all were asking the guys questions as they come in. And one girl was like, what's your favorite color? And he was like, I like soccer. And she's like, that's the answer I was looking for. Thank you so much. I can tell you're really genuine. (laughs) I don't know what it is. The word genuine, watch one episode of Love Island and get back to me with what you think the word genuine means. The word genuine, they say genuine so much on this show that I'm like, it's literally, it's lost all meaning to me. I don't even know what it's supposed to elicit anymore, you know? Blokes are even asking the girls like, do you think I seem genuine? Are you genuine? Everyone's genuine in this house. Everyone's genuine. Oh, he seems genuine. She seems genuine. What what have they done? What have they done to seem so genuine? Uh, did I miss a, an ad break where they were all like helping local homeless people or something? <laughs> From what I can tell, if you can just not say a hate crime in the first 17 seconds you meet one of these people, they will assume you are an extremely genuine person. <laughs> so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. One bloke has a mullet and the budgie smugglers and he's a tradie, you know, he's playing that role and... I got to say, that guy seems particularly genuine. <laughs> Dude, this piece of shit. What about this bloke with the mullet? He's actually probably my favorite. But uh, he goes, he's wearing a crystal. So every chick is already frothing on the mullet. Also, Sophie Monk is hosting. Sophie Monk, national treasure. Really looking for her to have sex with Marcus Stoinis at some point over this summer, as I mentioned last week. But this bloke with the mullet, as if the mullet and the budgies weren't enough. He's got a crystal around his neck. And one of the girls is like, oh my God, like, what does that crystal mean? And he's like, oh, it's calming energy. And it's like beautiful, calming energy. I mean, tell that to these birds who are now sliding off their chair, okay? (laughs) Dude, this mullet guy was killing it. And uh, yeah, just a lot going on, a lot going on. They all got coupled up or whatever, however it works. And, mate, Colby Covington, the real estate guy, literally, (laughs) and here's the thing, this is what I'll say is, this is what happens when a genuine alpha male is surrounded by betas, okay? He will make himself known almost immediately, okay? Everyone else, they're all breaking off, oh, what do you do for work? What's your favorite color? Oh, so what are you looking to get out of this experience? Cut to Colby immediately just like mounts his bird and he's just like absolutely washing machining the shit out of her and it's it's unbelievable 
It's unbelievable. Um, Colby Covington is the alpha male of the of the group, and and God bless anyone who gets in his way. I'll say that. Okay, I will say that. But the show seems pretty interesting. They played Truth or Dare, dude. I gotta say, you wanna you wanna feel like a real nerd. Watch a bunch of hot people play Truth or Dare because they they know how to play it. You know when I'm when me and Macker that are played Truth or Dare, it's like oh, Truth or Dare, like I dare you to call up your mum and call her a bloody idiot. Ah, oh, I can't believe it. Ah, oh, I dare you to eat like seven olives in a row. We're like this is crazy. We're legends. Mate, when hot people play Truth or Dare, they just all um, are just mounting each other 24-7. It was like, dude, imagine this. You're just surrounded by like, you know, some of the hottest women around. And, you know, you're playing Truth or Dare. I'm, I'm praying no one asks me truth. Are you scared of the dark? I don't want to fucking come out the gates with that. You know what I mean? But these people know how to play it. It's like, uh, Billy, <laughs> these are the, every question was just this. It's like, Truth or Dare, aggressively make out with the four people you find most attractive in the house. And it's like, there's only five guys. So then like one of the chicks will just do the rounds and hook up with like four of the blokes. And it's like, fuck, well, you've cracked the code here, guys. This is way better. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it looks like a good group. Looks like a good group. I think it's on like four nights a week. I honestly can't hang with with a commitment like that, you know? If they did Love Island, but it was on twice a week, I could fucking bang, dude. I could bang with it for sure. But four nights a week, it's like, dude, I don't know. Is this like a second job? Why don't I just get a girlfriend? Like, you know what I mean? If, if you're watching Love Island four nights a week and, and you are single, maybe you should just go find someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you've got four nights a week free with nothing on, you should totally just go and get a girlfriend. <laughs> like, I think that would be much better and easier than just watching Love Island religiously as a single person. But anyway, good luck. Good luck to the cast and the crew. So yeah, those are my thoughts on Love Island. Great show, dude. Great show, I got to say. I could get into Love Island. I could see it. Okay, up next, we got some red flags that have been sent in. And these are just general across-the-board red flags, not dating red flags, okay? But here we go. A couple of uh, red flags that have been sent in. First one, red flag, girls who think eating chicken nuggets is a personality trait. And I feel quite passionately about this one. Thank you to whoever sent this in. And here's the thing. I'm not knocking girls enjoying some beautiful chicken nuggets. I think we all have in our time. But to, to... have chicken nuggets as one of the senior tenants of your personality. You know those girls where it's like, oh my God, I'd just rather be home eating nugs. Oh God, I, I, I hate house parties. I'd rather just be in my bed eating nuggets all day. It's like, really? You were just in a Bondi Sands commercial, babe. So I don't know if you're really about this life, you know? And it's like with horse girls where it's like, just calm down. Just relax, dude. Everything's going to be just fine. You know what I mean? These girls who are like all about the nuggets, it's like, don't talk the talk, walk the walk. Because the real ones, they're behind closed doors just destroying 24 packs of nugs. Okay? They're not on Instagram like taking a bite of like a single nugget like, oh my God, lol, this is me all day. And then like, 
you know, throwing it in the bin, like heading straight to Banana Blossom, you know, you're really taking shine off the girls who are really about that life. And girls who are really about that life with their nuggets, they're not posting on Instagram, dude. They're just fucking teaching a 24-pack a lesson. So, you know, and I'm, I do want to point the finger a little bit at, at the glam girls that want, like talk about it to seem like more relatable or chill. You know, like, I'm just like you. Like, I just love like nuggets and hot chips. Like, they're posing with like a bag of KFC. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like, there should be a thing that like, if you're like a size four and have like 200,000 Instagram followers... You can't be pictured with nuggets and hot chips because you're appropriating a culture. You really are, you know? So just let it go. Let, let the girls who are really about the nugs get into their work. And these fake girls who want to like pretend, you know, they're eating nuggets all the time as a way to seem like normal. We see you, babe. Okay? We see you. Okay. Up next, another red flag. White framed sunglasses on men. Okay. Now, as if you're a bloke, you can wear white framed sunglasses as long as you have previously lost your driver's license, blowing at least four times over the legal limit in a school zone. Okay. But unless you're a reckless alpha male like that, you have no business wearing white framed sunglasses. Okay. And if you are wearing white framed sunglasses, make sure that while you're doing that, you are not within three kilometers of a local high school. Okay, um, because we simply can't trust you. Blokes wearing white frame sunglasses are. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say the bottom bottom, but you're definitely in the in the bottom five percent of society, and we've definitely got an eye on you in alcohol fueled situations. Okay, blokes with white frame sunglasses. There's sort of bloke to wake up two days later and they've like lost their family. You know. And you can power that ensemble up with a Lowe's business shirt. Uh, fair warning, though, if you do ha- have a fedora on, on top of this ensemble, um, the police will be called on site, okay? I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. If you are wearing a fedora with white brim sunglasses, you are a threat to society itself, okay? It is a red flag in men. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, you do get a free pair of those sunglasses if you're an absent father. So there's a little, there's a little bonus um, if you are not too keen on seeing your kids. But apart from, unless you're really one of the, if you're about that life, then fine. You know what I mean? If you've got, you know, fuck the police tattooed on your neck and flames on your fucking runners, then feel free to wear white brim sunglasses, okay? I don't want to stop you from uh, authentically expressing who you are with the world around you. Finally, another red flag, no socks with enclosed shoes, regardless of gender, okay? And you can, let's just get out of the way, you can not wear socks with shoes, that's okay, as long as you are mid-triathlon. If you are actively participating in a triathlon as we speak, then you can whip your runners on without, without socks and we'll let it slide. Unless you have a fucking have a bib that has your participation number in a biathlon or triathlon, you better put some fucking socks on and you better put them on real quick, okay? Because it's creepy, dude. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like nails on a chalkboard. There's something about it. Why are your bare feet touching your shoes? And here's the thing. It's disrespectful to the people you're spending time with, re the stench. 
But not to mention, it's disrespectful to the very shoes on your feet, you know? If you've got a beautiful pair of runners, they've got a shelf life of maybe a year and a half. Mate, if you're going to wear those things with no socks, they're going to be completely uninhabitable within six weeks. So it's not only disrespectful to the people around you, it's disrespectful to the ASICs um, that are doing the work to keep your feet safe. So unless, the only reason to not wear socks with shoes is if you can't afford them, okay? That's really the only way. And I'm not here to b- bloody bash poor people, okay? The calls are coming from inside the house. I don't have a lot of cash myself. But really, you can pick up a three-pack at Kmart for $5. The elasticity in them is going to go in about 10 business days. But really, there's no excuse for not wearing socks with shoes. So sort it out. Okay, up next, just a couple of quick things I'd like to talk about. No crazy topics this week as I have burned much of my time talking about Love Island in a truly uncharacteristic move. But a couple of things caught my eye this week. Firstly, the Rugby League World Cup. At what point... (laughs) At what point do the scores become so untenable that the competition itself becomes farcical? Because the Rugby League World Cup is out of hand. Some of the recent scores I've written down, 84 0, 60-4, 68-6, 72-4, 94-4, 66-6, 74-12, Now, I personally didn't even know you could get up to 90 points in a game of rugby league, okay? At 90 points, I think we can put the tools down, you know? At 90 points, if I'm on the losing side of that, I'm going up to the opposition captain and saying, mate, I feel so silly. It's my mum's birthday right now. We're going to have to stop the game. Yeah, yeah, no, you can have the win. I'm so sorry. I've just double booked, mate. It's her 60th as well. It's a round number. So, yeah, you know, I'm making up any excuse. At 90 points, if I'm captain of the losing side, I'm telling everyone to fake injuries. I'm telling you, as soon as the opposition kicks the ball in our direction, God forbid there's still time on the clock, everyone in the team hits the deck with with bad hammies. We forfeit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But at what point... (laughs) At what point does a game of rugby league cease to be that? You know, at what point does the margin transform the game into a genuine training session you know and here's the thing it's not even it's if it was all just australia and new zealand dishing out these floggings that'd be fine but like tonga beat like the pacific islands or the mate the rugby league world cup some of the teams playing i'm i was unaware they were countries you know i think tonga beat the cook islands like 94 nil or something Now, I don't know anything about the Cook Islands, but one thing I now know is that they do not have a very good rugby league team, okay? (laughs) You know what I mean? I think they need to put in a qualifying round for some of these smaller nations because, you know, I'm I'm as keen as mustard for Scotland to have a dig as the next guy, okay? But I think at 75-0, their efforts become a bit null and void. You know, I'm all in for getting the, giving these younger nations in the rugby league sphere a chance to play against the very best on the planet. But I do think that at 84-0 after 60 minutes, I do question how useful that is. You know, it's so funny on like Fox Sports News and stuff because I watch a fair bit of Fox Sports News and they're like cut to Braithen Astor and Corey Parker. Just, oh, two of the best silver fox salads on the planet. Braith and Astor and Corey Parker, 
You want to get a fucking spokesperson for Mosh or Pilot or one of these hair loss things? Put Braith and Astra on the cover. Put Corey Parker on the cover and watch men line up around the block, okay? Unbelievable Silver Fox stuff. And uh, they're having like these in-depth debates about like, should Australia play Cherry Evans and Munster or Cleary and Munster? Or, you know, what, what is going to be the combination? Oh, it's very contentious. And it's like, mate, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're playing Scotland. I could run out and partner Cherry Evans in the halves. We'll still win at least 50 nil. Okay? I'm going to be an absolute turnstile in defense. Billy Darcy won't be playing a lot of D. I'll tell you that for free. I'm fucking 75 kilos dripping wet these days. I'm, I'm an absolute turnstile. Okay? <laughs> I don't care if this Scottish bloke knows anything about rugby league. If he's 130 kilos with a Celtic tattoo, I'm getting out of his way. Okay? But honestly, give me a couple of runs with, with fucking Munster. I'm telling you, we'll still win. It won't matter. Okay? It will not matter. So I think... <laughs> I don't know. The Rugby League World Cup, good on him, but it, it I can't wait for the semifinals because it is a it is an absolute novelty. Okay? It is an absolute novelty at the moment. Anyway, up next, something that caught my eye while I was watching Love Island. Firstly, the ads on commercial television now are untenable. It was like one ad for like a fake tan thing, but it ran like 25 times. And then there was like an ad for like uh, constipation medication. Real weird ads, dude. Just a real mixed bag. And anyway, uh, one of the ads that caught my eye is there is a, a new dating show coming out. And here's the thing. What I'm about to talk about, I'm probably going to come across as at times potentially a bit mean. Okay, it's not my intention, but I also don't really see any way around it. So here we go. New show coming out. It's a dating reality show, but for old people. And <laughs> when I say old, I don't mean like old, old. I mean like 55 to 60, okay? That's just what I've ballparked some of these. 50 to 60. 55, let's say 55. And, you know, and the concept is the children watch them date. Fair play to any adult on the planet or young person who signs up their parent for a reality dating show at 55, you're a better man than me, okay? There's many things on this planet that I'm open to doing and watch my mum or dad hook up with a stranger on Channel 9 isn't one of them, okay? So fair play to these kids, you know, they want the best for their parents and it comes from a place of love and I think we can all appreciate that and, there, you know, love knows no barriers, love knows no discrimination, love doesn't know age, Okay? And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to see unfold on national television. What I will say is watching 55-year-olds hook up is pretty fucking confronting. Okay? <laughs> you ever see two 55-year-olds hook up? It's graphic, dude. It's fucking graphic. Okay? It's like they're 14, but they're in 55-year-old bodies. You know what I mean? Because like they haven't dated in so long. They're washing machining the fuck out of each other, dude. Okay? And it's uncomfortable to watch. You get this, like, you know, 55-year-old bald guy with a goatee, like, leaning over this bird with his tongue out. Mate, your tongue shouldn't be coming out until 
You know what I mean? The tongue should stay in your mouth until your bloody, your lips touch. Okay? This isn't the year eight school dance, big fella. And, uh, and, and here's the thing. I'll go in on a 55-year-old man just washing machine in a local bird at an RSL on a Saturday night. If that's your game, who am I to tell you how to live? Okay? If this guy's cleaning up, just graphically hooking up with uh, 55-year-old women, I mean, who am I to tell him how to live? What I will say is that even if I was that man, on national television, my tongue's staying in my mouth. Okay? <laughs> and you know what I mean? And I'm... But I, fair play, I don't know what it's like, but people must just like, you must just forget the cameras are there because dude, if I was hooking up with someone on national television, like on fucking Big Brother or something, I'm delivering some of the most tasteful uh, makeout sessions you've ever seen, you know? I'm fucking, you know, I'm, I'm hooking up like it's a Baz Luhrmann film, okay? You know, I'm pretending it's Kira Knightley and I'm waiting for the director to yell cut. Okay, I'm not doing any, I'm not mounting anyone, especially at the age of 55. And uh, <laughs> I got to say, dating at that age would be brutal. Good on these people, you know. Imagine, oh, it, I do feel sorry, like, not sorry for them because, you know, they're fully capable adults. And, you know, this is how the cookie crumbles. But my generation, when we're all 53, everyone's going to be like on their third divorce. It's going to be, you know what I mean? You're just going to fire up fucking VR Tinder and root yourself senseless. But these people, some of the adults today now, they've just been spat out by the 80s and 90s. They've been with someone for 20 years. When they when they met their partner, the internet wasn't even around. And now they've been spat out at 56, single, and people are telling them to get on Tinder. It must be fucking terrifying, okay? Imagine you're 53 and you're sitting down at a bar nervous on a first date. And you're just going, what the fuck? I'm 53. I should be done with this shit, dude. You know? Then the chick rocks up and she asks you how many siblings you have out the gate. And you're like, ugh. Now you're on a crap date at 53. It's a tough life. So fair play to these people. What can I say? What can I say that wouldn't be more hurtful from here? Probably nothing. So let's move on. Okay. Just finishing up on... The project this week, a couple of things to say, a couple of people to mention. Firstly, before we get in um, on the project this week, we have an up-and-coming Australian indie band. But before we get into that, obviously the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. This week, just before we get into things, I do have to mention the Australian cricket team once again. And we beat Ireland. I watched the game the other night. i got to say, I've been getting into the T20 World Cup the last few nights. It's been really good. Enjoying it. Australia beats Ireland. Fantastic. We love that. We love to see it. Okay. Star of the show with the bat, Aaron Finch. He's back. Okay. Finchy is back. Um, I'd like to be v- come out very strong, very candid, and say that anyone who publicly spoke negatively about Aaron Finch in the previous three or four weeks, be it on their own podcast or otherwise, is a low dog. Okay? You are a low dog, and further than that, you make me sick. Okay? You make me sick. Anyone who turned their back on Finchie, you make me sick. Okay? (laughs) Now, obviously, I was leading the charge with the pitchforks for Aaron Finch's head on a platter. 
Um, I wouldn't say I was leading the charge, but I was being harsh but fair. Okay, harsh but fair. And here's the thing with Finchie. It's not a personal vendetta. I just wanted the big fella to get some runs. And he fucking did it. So there you go, mate. There you go. He got 63 of 44 balls, cracking knock, you know. Bit ha- hey, Finchie, pretty handy when you play fucking Ireland, isn't it, mate? Hey? <laughs> Jeez, Finchie would have been waking up with a smile at his dial. See, we were playing Minnows Island on a fucking flatty. Go on, Finchie. Go on, Finchie, hey? But uh, no, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be right and I'm happy to be wrong, okay? I was saying Finchie should get dropped. He comes out and top scores. Egg on my face. I'm lactose intolerant. I miss my ex-girlfriend, etc., dude, okay, etc. So Finchie has proved me wrong. And then he went out and pulled his hamstring in the field. So that, what a roller coaster. What a fucking roller coaster. Finchie finally gets a few runs. I'm cracking a fresh half does on my on my beautiful six out of ten Irish face, watching my ancestral homeland get absolutely beaten into the ground by the country I call home. You know, what a night. <laughs> what a night. Finchie's back. And then the big fella has taken off to save two and blown out his hammy, leaving Steve Smith to most likely step back in as captain, something I personally have been calling for for months. So an absolute roller coaster. Um, one we've all been a part of. Marcus Stoinis uh, got, I think, 40-odd or 30-odd, second top scored. So Stoinis having a nice little tournament, you know. Great to see good-looking people succeed. And as previously mentioned, we'd love to see Marcus Stoinis knocking boots with an Australian celebrity this summer. You know, we haven't had a, a Michael Clark, Lara Bingle situation in quite some time. And I personally am ravenous, dude. You know, maybe Marcus Stoinis could could uh, go out with... um. You know, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. There's not a lot of Australian celebs. We kind of go from like D-list to A-list real quick. You know what I mean? Like we go from like Chris Hemsworth to just Koshy. <laughs> it's just a fucking drop-off, dude. So, you know, I, I'd like to see Stoin. Um, Sophie Monk's been mentioned previously. I'm a huge fan of Sophie Monk, if, if that could come about. I'd like to see maybe an Abby Chatfield type. Because, you know, she's sort of in the zeitgeist. She'd love it as well. Abby Chatfield, she'd be at the events. You know, she'd be like... she'd. I could see Abby Chatfield jumping into the role of wag with two feet. I think she'd love it, you know. Red carpet, she could trash the other wives on her podcast. Create a few headlines there. Plus, you get to go out with the Stoiner, you know. Marcus Stoinis gives me a boyness, dude. My God. This guy's so good looking, it's just unbelievable. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. and go, ha, 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 and I'm just, uh, and then I'm just like, what's going on? And then, and then I'm like, oh, I was just dreaming about how attractive Marcus Stoinis is, you know? You ever wake up in a cold sweat at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday thinking about Marcus Stoinis's traps? Because I do. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. All right. Come on. Got to get out of this fucking podcast, dude. All right. So. Last thing, the project for this week, celebrating some Australian talent. This week, we have Indie Rockers, The Good Kids, featuring on the project. These guys rip so hard. Indie Rock, it's really my sort of stuff. It's a little bit psychedelic, I guess you could say. Sort of an Ocean Alley vibe to some of it. They've released an EP called Strictly Pleasure. Okay, I'm going to play one of those songs uh, playing us out on this podcast. But the boys go nuts live. Um, 
picture like they're all lifeguards. So just picture like shirtless surfies going absolutely fucking nuts um, and then stealing all the women after the show. That's kind of the vibe of the band. I don't want to speak out of school, but the boys fucking rock. I don't know what to tell you. A couple of my personal favorites off the EP, uh, Just Like You and Pink Lemonade. I mean, they both slap. I don't know what to tell you. So we're all about brand new Aussie talent here on the project. The EP came out, I think, the week before last. And the boys are playing Sunsets Festival here on the Northern Beaches. Now, this is something I actually froth on. A local festival filled with local talent. There's a festival coming up, Sunsets Festival, December 3. Yep, December 3, I believe. And uh, local bands, all day is headlining, so I'll be there. And uh, the festival uh, organizers actually gave me a code. I'm not on the take for this, so feel free to use this code knowing I will be receiving no personal traction. But Billy D Mates will get you $20 off your ticket at the Sunsets Music Festival in December in Manly. So if you live in Sydney and you want to see some fucking awesome, awesome Aussie music, get on down. I'll be there. I'll be there from the start. Follow. I'll be there for the good kids set and I'll be right there through to all day. Billy D mates is the code. The good kids, I don't set set times haven't come out yet, but don't miss them. They'll be a rocking. And uh, dude, if you see me at the festival after 5 p.m., probably don't approach. I imagine by that time my my head will be fucking coming off my neck like a fucking corkscrew. So, you know, proceed with caution there. But, you know, it's going to be a cracking festival. The Good Kids Rip, check out their new EP. It's called Strictly Pleasure, you know. And I don't know what to tell you. They're some of the more physically attractive, talented men on planet Earth, and they're absolutely rocking out. What more do you want? What more do you want? So thanks for listening. We got the Good Kids, Pink Lemonade, playing us out. And then also we got the live episode of Get Around Me, December 2nd, if you'd like to come to that. And then we got Rowan Arneal joining us in the second half of this pod after a bit of pink lemonade. Fucking oath, dude. Catch you next time. Stop and smell the roses. Oh, I'm so high. Slowly running, but we're chasing something. Slowly running, but we're finding Alright legends, welcome back to yet another episode featuring my good friend, Sydney stand-up comedian Rowan Arneal. Rowan, how you going bud? Yeah, I'm good. I'm well. You're, you're well? I'm well. Just woke up from a nap. Well, it is it is 4.30 mate, so why wouldn't you be waking up from a nap? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, well mate, good to see you. Uh, and mate, we're recording on a Friday Arvo this time. I think it's a bit more fitting for the pod. And for the first time ever, we have the blinds open. We're not in the dark. Yep, I know. Usually it's too embarrassing if like a neighbor walks past. <laughs> Let me tell you guys. It's one thing to record a podcast out of your bedroom. 
That's one thing. To have a neighbor walk past and stare at you <laughs> while you're doing a solo podcast in your bedroom. That's another thing, dude. Yeah, that's a ground floor problem. Oh, 100%. But, mate, I think it's a bit more party party recording on the Friday Arvo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I, I must come clean to the listener. This is probably a bit blue for the pod, but we are drinking full strength beers right now. Full strength. I've got a full strength beer and a white wine. Yeah. I, I well, rocked up and Billy was furious at his computer. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I'm learning how to edit videos and it's fucked my day so hard because two o'clock I'm thinking this video's done. I'm looking, you were supposed to come out at four. I'm like, fucking hell, this is going to be great. I just got to export this bad boy and fucking post it and off we go. And this is the first one I've ever edited myself the whole way. And usually someone cuts it for me and then I make adjustments. Mate, it has been a nightmare. I'm still, mm. I'm seven days in on this edit, on this four minute clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it after you've done. Oh, thanks, mate. One, mm. one view in the bag, <laughs> yeah. like up in the air. But, uh, but mate, it is definitely a bit more party party. This, this podcast does have sort of a, a rat bag feel with you and me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are both kind of, we don't have it together yet. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, sometimes. <laughs> You know what it is, dude? Sometimes you say we on stuff where it's like, this is offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have it together. You just told me that you haven't paid tax in four years. No, on my stand-up, okay? I pay tax on my regular jobs. Mm. Anyway. All right, mate. I don't like how much you reveal of my real life to the listener, to be honest. (laughs) I'm trying to paint some sort of a picture that I'm a cool guy. (laughs) You are a cool guy. You're like Billy scared of the dark. But, mate, you're a cool guy as well. And this podcast has been getting some traction having you on every week, mate. I've been getting some messages. People are enjoying it, which is good. Some of the messages that have been more specifically about you and not me, I haven't forwarded to you. <laughs> I'll, for- I'll forward Rowan the messages if someone's like really enjoying the chats with Rowan. I'm like, mate, check this out. This guy messaged me the other week. He said, mate, the podcast has never been better. And I, did- I took that quite personally. <laughs> Even with Rowan's heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's doing their best. But, um, but Rowan, mate, you're particularly revved up on the podcast this week. I've never seen you take such an interest. Um, Rowan actually emailed me early in the week with some names for the podcast, for okay. the episodes you and me are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, I thought I'd just read some of these out. Um, you sent me like you sent me like 10, but I just got like the best five. Oh, my God, you piece of shit. Dude, well, I'll just read these out and maybe we can, we can throw it to the listener and see... If they have any recommendations. But this is what Rowan um, messaged me during the week. He was all revved up. He, uh, first option, the Banter Boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, these are all from Rowan. So, I'm just sort of testing these. This next one you sent through, Rowan, Adlai's Ilchayan. <laughs> that one's not bad. That um, one's not bad. Mate, good on you. That's not bad. Uh, up next from Rowan, we had the Alpha Hype Squad. That sounds like me. That's, that's, mate, that's you to a T. That sounds like me. This guy's polishing his Air Force Ones as we speak. (laughs) Mate, my girlfriend's going to love all these. Yeah. And then um, up next, speaking of your girlfriend, your next recommendation was birds, beers, and banter. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, this is so 2017 Billy Darcy. (laughs) I mean, it came from Rowan O'Neill's Facebook account, mate. So, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to see those screenshots. I don't know if someone hacked your account. I don't know if... uh, one of the lads from fucking the Alpha Blokes podcast have hacked your account. <laughs> but, mate, I don't know. And the, the last one I've got here that you sent in is Ricky Ponting's Sons. <laughs> Never watched a game of cricket in my life. Well, mate, again, mate, I have to refer to the messages you sent. But, mate, some good branding here. 
Mm. Yeah, definitely some good branding. What What are your thoughts on some of these, mate? What's your favourite of the ones you've sent through? Well, it's the banter beer and birds. <laughs> the birds, beers and banter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mate, we could get probably half of Britain listening to that podcast. Oh, dude, 100%. Half of them. We could slowly convince them to walk into the ocean. Oh, my God. Dude, there's so many podcasts where it's like, uh, you know, alpha banter, maximum banter. Lad banter. <laughs> and here's the thing. You don't think I thought about some of these when I started the podcast? <laughs> Luckily, Billy's being humbled by the stage quite a bit. So, yeah, he, doesn't, exactly. he doesn't think these ideas are good. Luckily, I already met you before I started a podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, it would definitely be like the Legends Banter Hour. With- <laughs> Mate, I'm lucky to have your positivity in my life. You're lucky to have my negativity yeah, in Yeah, it's life. a good balance. It's a good balance. Dude, I was a fucking bee's dick away from being the next Alex Williamson. So. <laughs> All punting and OnlyFans girls. Oh, dude. Have you seen um, Alex Williamson's TikTok? Oh, I don't think so. No. It's wild. So, he's living with like this OnlyFans chick. They might have broken up. But basically- it's like Alan, Alex Williamson videos or mm. Shooter. Oh, I have seen this. I got stuck in a wormhole with these. Oh, you, mate, 100%. The biggest scroll hole. Yeah. So, it's just like his normal sketches. But now, like, there's this, like, OnlyFans chick with, like, huge fake tits in them. And mm. she's, like, just wearing, like, the tiniest bra you've ever seen. Mm. And, mate, say what you will about Shooter Williamson's comedy. Say what you will about Shooter's stand-up, his podcast, his ethics, his betting, his drug addiction. <laughs> What I won't hear is any controversy surrounding this chick's chest because it's pretty unreal. <laughs> I thought it was his old girlfriend and then I realised, no, this is a new blonde OnlyFans girl. Dude, I tell you what. He goes through them like nothing else. <laughs> it's a conveyor belt of absolute r- rampantly attractive women. <laughs> and here's the thing is that Shooter Williamson had a pretty public breakdown. Mm. I don't know if you saw that. Um, where he got done, his last girlfriend had a massive go at him. I don't even want to get into it because it was actually really red hot and I, I don't know the details. I don't want to accidentally incriminate myself by talking about Shooter too much. He was being a bad boy. He was being a bad boy. Okay. And he was dating that chick Peaches, um, you know, Peaches at the beach or whatever her name is. And <laughs> no idea. He's got pink hair. And, and so that was a whole thing. And then you're thinking, oh, this is the end of Shooter Williamson. But this is what I love about Shooter. He doesn't stop. No, he doesn't stop. He's he been d- kicking it for like a decade. Mm. His early sketches are hilarious as well. Oh, dude, early so, shooter. Early shooter, so um, funny. When he, uh, the loosest Aussie bloke alive. So good. Dude, that went around my high school. But that's when it was like, this is funny mm. and fun. Mm. And then it was like, it got kept being funny. <laughs> I would argue it's gotten less fun over the years. <laughs> well, I... I, after that breakdown, because I used to follow him on Instagram and then it just got too much. But um, after the somewhat me toing the you've been a bad boy shooter, you're kind of a dickhead. There was just he him talking about it. He was at a hotel. He was touring at the time and he was just having cones the entire time, blowing oh, yeah. them out, talking about them. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of back into shooter. Yeah. You mean the Gold Coast balcony phase? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw him for that. Dude, I was there for the whole bit of that. And then the when I unfollowed him, it was when him and um, Peach at the Beach were doing like Instagram stories at each other. Mm. Being like, she was like, you know, he's raped me or, or sexually assaulted me or what have you. <laughs> 
And then Shooter's being like, this chick is a liar. And I, it, I was watching both their Instagram stories as they like respond to each other. And I was like, dude, I don't know what's happened here, but I know that I don't feel very good right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think social media is already fucked up enough without me. Uh, all of a sudden, mate, I'm going like, you know, Cricket Australia, fucking comedian. And then all of a sudden I'm on the jury for a rape charge. <laughs> I'm thinking, holy fuck, dude. This isn't the loosest Aussie bloke. Yeah. Remember when he used to play the piano and have a ciggy and that was fun? Yeah, dude. I remember... Um, Shooter started at OnlyFans, but it was only like betting multis. And I was like, dude, this is Shooter. He gets mm. it. And then, you know, it, you could argue he flew too close to the sun. Mm. I think I briefly subscribed to that OnlyFans. Oh, dude, he used to post like all the winners. Because, mm. uh, I mean, you know. I, I got done. I was I- about to say, he's a rampant gambling addict. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to glorify his behavior too much, but- what about this? Do you remember early Netflix? Early, early Netflix. Mm. Before, um, remember when like literally like Netflix stand-up specials, it was like not a, a thing. Mm. Like they would have Netflix original stand-up specials and Netflix would buy specials, but it wasn't a cool thing on Netflix mm. at the time. Shooter actually was on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, He had yeah. a stand-up special on Netflix. Yeah, quite bad, I remember. Yeah, look, I don't want to speak out of school. Um but it was objectively bad. I don't think there's <laughs> much controversy there. Seen a fair bit of stand-up in my time. It was quite bad. Yeah. Funny guy, though. Funny guy, dude. Gambling addict, possible rapist. Allegedly. But here's the thing with Shooter. No one ever said he was a stand-up. No. You know what I mean? This guy, someone just comes up to, like, Shooter and goes, Hey, mate, would you like to make 800k on the road this year? <laughs> and Shooter's like, yeah, dude, I would. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's why there's so many altercations at his shows because he has an audience that's coked up and ready and just like drunk as shit. But then he's also a bad stand-up. Dude, so, those about- two things together. Yeah, yeah. Definitely devil double that combo. But also, mate, the other thing is with Shooter, like he had two videos where like he got glassed on stage and I was like, dude, this is wild. Like Shooter's gigs are crazy. And I remember one where like he fucking had the, bo- the half bottle of, Beer. It's like a broken half glass that someone broke over his head and he like drank the rest of it and was like, fuck you dogs. And I was like, dude, this is sick. Like, but then I remember like there was two more incidents where he, there was just like raw footage of him like losing it at the crowd mm. and like, and smash like, you know, quote unquote, smashing the crowd verbally, <laughs> but it wasn't particularly chill. And then it was like, it was like, oh, dude, this is like his seventh incident on stage in like a year and a half. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think like, I don't think the I current- know he's playing Bundaberg, but I mean, how much, <laughs> at some point you have to put your hand up and be like, mate, I'm, I'm going about this the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing a little bit of baggage to this hour stand up comedy show. Dude, I tell you what though, in 2015, if you asked Billy Darcy, if you could have one beer with anyone in Australia- Fuck, Shooter Williamson wouldn't have been too far for the top of my mm. list. That's prime Shooter, 20, 2010, 2015. Mm, that oh, is yeah. prime Shooter. So, you still think Shooter over Gaz from- <laughs> From Geordie Shaw. From Geordie Shaw. Mate, we rewatched uh Magaluf Madness, Geordie Shaw, the other night. Mm. Us and the lads, uh, me and the lads, sorry. And to be honest, mate, looking back at Geordie Shaw and how intimate we were, and then, and then come full circle on this Andrew Tate stuff- because, mate, like, when we were, like, 16 to 19, our hero was Gaz from Geordie Shaw. Yeah. And, like, the way he treated women was nothing short of disgraceful. <laughs> and we wanted to be him. 
So when people are like, oh, the top G, Andrew uh, Tate, uh, you know, is psyching out all these 15-year-olds, I can see it happening because it totally happened to us. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend was talking about how it's, it's bad because lots of all these 14-year-olds, and I was like, shut up. No yes. one's doing that. No one cares. No, 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 no. Um, Stop it. I wouldn't have done- I wouldn't have given a shit. I would have made fun of him. And then we went to an engagement party and I introduced her to my friend that's a teacher. And Ash was like, so you're a high school teacher? And she was like, yeah. She's like, do you- is Andrew Tate a little bit popular at school? And she's like, oh my God, the 15-year-old, 14-year-old boys love him. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, mate. You don't want a bunch of 14-year-old top Gs running around year nine telling chicks at the bus stop- that uh, you know, he's he's gonna fuck around on them, and she has to deal with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that he wants a pure, nice fifteen-year-old. But dude, yeah, exactly. But dude, I tell you what, I've actually been ingesting more top G content than ever because. <laughs> well, because you are a top G. What? You are a top G. Well, as a fellow top G. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but do you know what it is is because since he got cancelled or whatever, I was pretty harsh on the top G on my pod. Um, but just as far as the 15 year olds, and this was when he was fucking really into the women stuff. Mm. And, uh, but now I think he only exists in the UFC world because all the UFC fighters love him Mm. and our whole YouTube algorithm is just UFC content and podcasts. Mm. So there's so much top G content in there. They love him. Like all the UFC fighters are like, finally, someone gets it. (laughs) Just like 117 people with brain damage being like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> How is it if like your main followers have CTE? Yeah. The only boys that back you have CTE and go to the gym 17 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like Sugar Sean and his coach, uh, Timmy Welch, they have the top G on. And Sugar Sean's like my favorite fighter. So this is how I'm sort of like the top G has ranted my life mm. through these avenues. And it's so funny because Sugar Sean and, and his coach, they both have open marriages and like love to just like bang birds on, on the road and then come home to their like family lives. And they're like, mate, why isn't everyone doing this? <laughs> and like the whole Top G podcast, they're like, yes, they can't like agree with him quick enough. They're like, that's, that's what we've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. It's so good, dude. But Macca actually made quite a perceptive point about the Top G. How's this for an embarrassing moment? Macca walks in on me the other day. I'm watching uh, Andrew Tate on Sugar Sean's podcast mm. and, uh, you know, loving it. <laughs> and, mate, but Macca made a good point. I, I watched like the first 10 minutes. Check it out. Because I usually just watch YouTube at lunchtimes. Mm. And uh, anyway. So uh, lunchtimes. You don't have a job, Billy. <laughs> yeah, but I give myself some sort of... Uh, I say it's lunch, but it goes for three hours. Nice. All yeah. Right, and nice. also like the first hour and a half of lunch, I'm, wa- I'm on a walk. I'm at the yeah. shops. Yeah, yeah. I come back. I make some lunch. It's from like 12 till 2.45. Perfect. I'll have a shower, you know, might do my taxes. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but um, but uh, what was I saying? The top G, Andrew Tate, bup, bup, bup. Mate, completely lost it, to be honest. What was I saying? Macca came in with a perceptive point. Nice one. So, Macca said, mate, here's the thing with, the, with Andrew Tate, is that he goes on all these podcasts and says like, yeah, fuck bitches, get money, like... If you have one woman, you're a beta male cuck. But he's become like this like parody of himself because he just goes on podcasts now. He can never talk about current events because he has to stay as the top G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you say to him, mate, Meghan Markle is fucking crazy. Like, what do we think of this Meghan Markle? Like, you know, the rainbow jersey thing in, in manly rugby league or whatever's happening. Yeah. He can't be like, yeah, well, that's actually interesting. He has to be like, 
fuck these nerds yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> dude if someone told me to wear a, a rainbow jersey I'd throw it in his face and fuck his wife and it's like it's, and it's like he can't get out of a character mm, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's hilarious like he's in boss hunting mode possibly all the time oh dude way too much boss hunting so much boss hunting I'm gonna show a little vulnerability brother it's all good I, well he can't he can't the top G doesn't show vulnerability yeah because I, if like, he had hair There'd be some vulnerability, I reckon. Oh, mate, 100%. But the thing is, mate, that's what it's like um, if you're like, I don't like, I don't know. I guess we all play some sort of a character on stage, but not really. Mm. I might play a slightly accentuated version of myself, but not really. But if you come into comedy or like the media, <laughs> do you disagree with that? Or- yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You were laughing like I'm a clown or something. No, 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 no. But it's like, you if- up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you come into stand up or like the media scape or the comedy zeitgeist or what have you with whatever you're doing you're playing a character it's just like it would just be annoying sometimes oh, so where you're annoying. like oh my character would say this but that's not how i actually feel you know what i mean yeah he doesn't have a whole lot of gears to go to no no he's only got one gear and, and it's it's top g move to the eastern european and start a sex worker business or something that's, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the move it's called making money, Rowan. It's called making money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if that's how you... Anyway, mate, I don't want to talk about the top G for too long um, because, you know, we might get put into the men's rights algorithm on Spotify. So, well, mate- I-, I watched heaps of his stuff and then Ben Shapiro's stuff, ironically. Oh, you- YouTube. There is no ironic viewing on I know, YouTube. There's no ironic viewing. And then uh, a woman that I'm trying to... I'm just trying to chuck on a little bit of background music. Oh, you- so, you bring a woman home. Chuck on a bit, a few tunes on the YouTube. To, and then it's just like, Ben Shapiro, school's feminist cunt. And you're like, all right, all right. I, I watch this kind of ironically. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he's a silly man. He's 5'4". Like, it's just kind of funny to me. Is he 5'4"? I assume so. <laughs> he's got that energy. He's got very 5'4 energy. Dude, um, what was I going to say? Fucking- Dude, there's the funniest Ben Shapiro video, if anyone can find it, where some, some like, he's always arguing with like 17-year-olds because he's a big man. But um, there's this- teenager that um comes up and was like well trans students are getting bullied at school and uh, and he's like i take bullying very seriously for me i was horrifically bullied in middle school (laughs) and then me and my mates would just watch back that like 20 seconds and you could see the ptsd (laughs) in his eyes horrifically bullied (laughs) and then would start going off on trans people (laughs) oh dude (laughs) Dude, James Acaster, have you seen James Acaster's trans joke? No. Where he's like, it's so good where he goes. Because no one's actually like, it is funny how like, it seems like the best comedians of the planet have like subconsciously linked up and gone, all right, guys, the next two years, it's time for trans people to fucking get taken down a peg. (laughs) Like it's, it's getting like, it's like, it's such a thing in comedy for some reason. Like Ricky Gervais, Dave Chappelle's whole special was about trans people. Yeah, the rich guys, it's like, why are you thinking about trans people so much? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, mate, James Acaster had this great bit where he goes, oh, yeah, because if there was anyone that was getting having too easy of a time, it was the transgender community. <laughs> Thank God Ricky Gervais has come along to put them back in their place. <laughs> such a good take. Yeah, such a good take. Oh, he's unbelievable. But... uh. Mate, I was down at the beach today. You mentioned something to me where you said you've been, and I related to this because I had I had an almost uh, a similar experience today. But you said, mate, in a pretty exciting development for our female listeners, all seven of them, uh, <laughs> Rowan, you've been working shirtless on the job site. I've been working shirtless on the job site. I've been inspired 
by a couple of the young apprentices. We're, we're all, well, they're actually fourth year apprentices. I was about to say, you're a first year apprentice. <laughs> I'm a first year apprentice. They're fourth year apprentices. <laughs> but they're, they're like 20. They're 20. But um, they're shirtless <laughs> every day. They're shirtless every day. They are on a small cycle right now. A of, sm- of steroids. Of SARMs. I don't, I think it's like, I think it's the gateway point into steroids. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's completely street legal, but it's not steroids, steroids, but you really put on and they are looking so fucking good. Um, right. Every day is Wait, like- so you're, hang on a minute. You're going shirtless next to blokes on roids. Uh-huh. <laughs> mate. Uh-huh. You're a glutton for punishment, mate. And I'm a pale man as well. Yeah, I was about to say, you've got kind of a weird complexion because you are a surfy, but you are kind of a bit red. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty red. Would you identify as someone who can tan? Not at all, not at all. More than, like, a lot of my mates that can't tan, there's a couple of them that can tan less than me, and they would say I'm stealing valor, saying that I'm pale, because I do tan a little bit. You do tan a little bit. A little bit, but it's still pretty fucking pale. See, I don't tan. Mm. I'll tan up a little bit, but it's mostly freckles. Yeah, it's mostly freckles. My freckles will just get darker and stuff. But, mate, once you accept... Here's the thing. Is that when you're a kid, you think everyone is created equally. You know, you're hanging out with your half Brazilian mate going, yeah, let's go to the beach for six hours. Whatever. Mm. You know, who gives a shit? Like, I was just getting horrifically sunburned from like 10 to 14 mm. before I realized, hey, Bill, you're different. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I would rock up on Monday. I am literally can't even move. I'm so sunburned. No, everyone else, nothing. And it's like, then you have to realize, oh, yeah, we're, there's differences. Mm. And, and once I accepted that I can't tan... It's been it's been freedom like no other. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that awkward period between when your mum forces you to wear a long sleeve rashy. Yeah. In between when you have to stomach that, hey, you don't want people just pointing out that you're sunburnt for the next three days. 100%, dude. And here's the thing. Do you know why I said 10 to 14? And I, I didn't mean to say that. Mm. But I realised is because around the age of 10, that's when you stop wearing a rash vest. Yeah. Mate, the rash vest days... I'm I'm hanging out with a kid from Africa. I think we have the same skin tone. You know what I mean? You put a bit of sun cream on your arms, bit on the face, play on. Yeah, play Mom on. Mum slaps a hat on you sometimes. It's all good. Mm. You know, I've got a piping hot rash vest and a great attitude. <laughs> but yeah. once the shirt came off, dude, I realized that um, the sun actually is not my friend. Yeah, it's not my friend either. I got horrifically burnt yesterday on my back. Um, but that's part of being a fucking... An alpha boy on the job site, really. Yeah, Because yeah, well, you do amp up a little bit. You kind of feel like a G. Yeah. If, if you're just carrying stone without a shirt on, you're just kind of like, fuck, I am kind of like fucking a G. It's a power up. It is a power up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a- extra 10% strength with shirt off. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Plus, um, plus, mate, you get a bit of a sweat on and you get dirty. Mm. Any man on the planet, regardless of rig, I, I'm going I'm to go out on a limb here. Any man on the planet, regardless of rig- if you're absolutely covered to the to the hilt in filth and you're shirtless, there's a bird out there will be like, yeah, I'll have a piece of that. <laughs> yeah, there's women, something about it. Women are disgusting. <laughs> Dude, women women like to get in the grime a little yeah, bit, you know? Yeah. So, that's been fun. Have there been, Has there been much sort of condescending bants from the steroided up lads? Oh, they have a little smirk, but um, the joke's on them because I've been a lot fatter than this. Yeah. So, if they knew, they'd be like, wow, Rowan's looking good. Yeah, yeah, it's all context. I was saying to you before that I almost took my shirt off today on my lunchtime walk because mm. it was just, mate, it was one of those days in Manly where I was like, 
up the rent. I don't care. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just so good. Mm. It's so fucking good. And I, this is ocean view working as well. Like, we're on oh, the hill you're... staring at the ocean. Oh, you've got to take a shirt off. Got to take your shirt off. Got to take a shirt off. But, um, dude, I, I saw a few pale guys out there, shirts off. And then I almost took mine off. But then I thought, oh, nah, I can't. Like, it's too embarrassing. But then I was thinking, I was thinking, if I take my shirt off, people will be like, oh, look at this nerd with his crap rig. But... <laughs> Here's the thing. I'll go in on that. But within the context of the last five years, this is actually probably the best I've looked. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, lads, I know what you're thinking, but you should have seen me two years ago, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, because I look at old photos of you and I'm like, wow, I never... During that time, I didn't clock you as an ugly guy. <laughs> oh, what? What? <laughs> but undoubtedly so you were. And then people tell me, like, remember when you were really fat? I'm like, I think I always held it pretty well. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I'm in the depths of it, I'm just like, wow, it's kind of cool how well I carry my fat. <laughs> like, Really? Yeah. Mate, to be honest, from like 23 to 25, maybe 23, 20, 24 to 26, maybe around then, 24, 25, 23, it was just the dogs were out. <laughs> there was no, look, just eat whatever, drink whatever, do whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's when it's still 12 wheat picks in the morning, but also 12 beers a night. Yeah. That's what you were grappling with. Yeah. Every Australian man's grapple. Also, I had moved out of home and then, uh, you know, it was just com- like comedy is also horrific for your health. So bad. Because I would work all day during the day and do gigs at night. In the morning, I would do the podcast. So it's like, well, I don't have any time to go to the gym. And then also, now I'm drinking. Then now I'm sort of, lockdown comes around. Now I'm doing even less. Mm. And and I wasn't exercising enough. Man, all I did was start walking. And like, <laughs> like it was unbelievable to me. <laughs> like, mate, the girls at this office job I was working were like, let's do step timber. I was like, dude, step timber is fucking lame. Mm. You know, I don't want to do step timber. But I was really good friends with these girls. And I was like, all right, come on, whatever. And the previous year, I had registered for the team and then just didn't do any walking. And I really just <laughs> torpedoed the whole effort. <laughs> and actually- That's such a G move. That is an alpha man move. And also, I met them like a month earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next year, Annika, who was like our, our team captain, she, wa- she walked like 20,000 steps a day. <laughs> She'd be like, you better fucking walk, you little cunt. <laughs> and I was, uh, so, I was like... I was like, oh, I actually got into it. I went for like a 40-minute walk one day and I came back and like colours were brighter. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every dude I know goes through their like early to mid-20s and then at about 25 is like, hey, man, I like exercised the other day and I felt great. I know. (laughs) Like, oh, really? Fuck, yeah, I should try that. Yeah, dude, then I had a glass of water. I was like, I'm feeling refreshed. (laughs) I was like, so this stuff comes out of the tap? <laughs> Dude, I had, I had full-on blood tests to work out why I was so tired when I was like 22 or whatever. And they were like, there's nothing wrong with your blood. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> I think it might be a lifestyle thing. Dude, it's literally crazy, hey. And then like, you just eat a vegetable, you're like, okay. Yeah, that's weird. My, my shit wasn't one of the most painful experiences <laughs> of my life. I wasn't on the toilet for 45 minutes. This is an interesting development. What, what was that thing you served me up, Macca? Fucking broccoli. Mm, okay. But here's the thing, mate. 
it wasn't like I was actively unhealthy. I wasn't like, I still, <laughs> you know what the worst part is? I would never have identified as an unhealthy person during this <laughs> yeah, whole- neither would have I. That's how stupid it is. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, what, what about this fat fuck over here? <laughs> yeah. I would have not identified with that person as I'm like having my 10th beer and eating like a piece of chicken. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was always one average set away from spending $18 at McDonald's. Oh, see, I was never like that. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, well, mate, yeah. You don't binge eat in the same way that I'm- No, I don't have the biggest problem with food. Yeah, yeah. Because I just felt like I had my hands full with other stuff, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I don't really have a sweet tooth either. Mm. So, that's fine. Like, like I just- Because here's the thing, mate. I was drinking too much and then mm. we went into lockdown. So, then obviously, I've developed quite a crippling marijuana addiction <laughs> through that period. And then I was like, mate, I can't be sneaking extra cupcakes on top of this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We've got our heads full already. Yeah, it was a last week I was talking about being anxious on shrooms at the essentially the Easter show at that festival and then um not being able to buy beer and I was like, "Oh, well, I have two modes. It's, yeah. it's beer or food, and yeah. I can't smoke weed here, so I guess I'm eating a $20 nachos yeah. with hot avocado." Beautiful. Beautiful. Something to calm the nerves, man. The other thing is with comedy is like um smoking weed was actually almost good in a way because, dude, sometimes you come back from comedy so revved that, like, I would have, like, a beer before I left. Then you have, like, you have a beer when you get there because they're fucking free. Mm. And then you either you go up and you go, you go, fucking hell, I've just leveled the place. Let's have a beer. <laughs> or you come off and you go, Jesus Christ, I've just eaten shit. <laughs> Better have a beer. <laughs> and then, like, sometimes you come home. Like, here's the thing about comedy is some of the best nights of my life on planet Earth have been Tuesdays. Yeah, I know. It's so, so then fun. you just come home on a Tuesday to your share house and you're just like fucking three, four beers in, just going, holy fuck, dude. We've just absolutely melted the paint off the walls to 400 people. <laughs> Everyone's asleep and I'm like, okay, all right. And then it's like, you got to get up for work at fucking seven. Mm. And then it's like, oh, bloody have a beer. And then you're like, oh, then you have another. And then you go, oh, sweet, I've just had six beers on a Tuesday. And then it's just like, these are just bad habits that develop over time. Yeah, and then you, you meet... In your mid-twenties, you meet, like, older headliners that you're like, wow, this guy's pretty cool. And then you see him, like, four and a half hours later and you're like, actually, this guy might not be so cool. Yeah. This guy might be about to cheat on his wife on a Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> but, dude, um, what was I going to say? Fucking Or the other way. I found as well with a lot of headliners is by the time I got to work with them, people I admired, mm. they were fucking sober. Mm, yeah, they had yeah. to give it up. You know, I remember um, I gigged with Ian Edwards mm. at the comedy store. Ian Edwards at the time was on Joe Rogan all the time. Big Comedy Central special. I was like, this is going to crank. I can't wait to hear this guy's stories. And um, when I, by the time I met him, he was fucking vegan and sober <laughs> and boring as fuck. <laughs> Like, he didn't even hang. Yeah. I was like, oh, mate, you hang around for a beer. He's like, nah, I don't drink anymore and I'm tired. I was like, all right, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then I gig with Tom Rhodes, that other guy. He's been yeah, sober yeah. for years. A lot of headliners are sober, dude. Because, like, mate, here's the thing. They've been doing it for 20 years. Mm. Like, we do comedy in bars. Yeah, yeah. We and it's fucking- You're anxious. You're, you're happy. You're sad. You're in between. You know what I mean? I think if we continue just to- kind of rip into weed we won't ever need to get sober it is the drinking 14 beers on a wednesday that really puts it to them oh yeah dude well that's what i was sort of coming back to so now you just come home and blaze one 
as tools down, you sleep great. See you tomorrow. So much better. Instead of having another two beers when you get home. Now, I have like one at the gig, maybe a second, if like the hang's all right. Then I come home, smoke a joint. The boys are already asleep. Then I go to sleep. That's so much better than having five beers. (laughs) Yeah, it's way better. Way better. Also, now you look handsome. And now I look handsome. (laughs) Yeah. I was saying to Macca the other day, I was like, mate, do we get better looking? Like, what's going on? Because like, we've been actually been going well with women recently. Mm. I'm like, dude, I feel like this has been my easiest year in the pubs. And I think it's honestly just because I grew a beard and I look a bit older. Yeah, yeah. Like, so now like, uh, like a 34-year-old Irish woman came up to me in a pub the other night. And was like talking to me. I was like, dude, this this never happened two years ago when I when I was twenty five, but looked about seven. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I said to yeah, I said to my marker, Marky, I said, man, I think feel like all the women in the world have suddenly just changed their minds about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's just an age thing. Did, did women just come round to me? Weird. Yeah, thank God. I, I think it is honestly just we look older. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not a better bloke. Absolutely not. If anything, I've become like more arrogant. More entrenched in my bad ideas. Yeah. So, it's it's quite bizarre. But I think, honestly, because when you- Because I just look so young my whole life. Like, when I was 22, <laughs> I genuinely look 14. Yeah, yeah. So, then, like, when you look like you're fucking 16, no women above the age of 22 want to hit on you. Mm. Whereas, when you're 27 and look it, mm. 35-year-old chicks are like, is that guy 31? Mm. And then 19-year-old chicks are like, is that guy 24? I, I, I think I, I don't think I'm any better with women or or I don't think I've done anything of note. I think it's just as you get older, like the pool becomes a bit larger. Yeah, people are just nicer to you if you look prettier. Maybe. So anyway, mate, because we're on the airwaves right now. Currently, yeah. We're, we're, we're not live, but we're on the airwaves. We're as close to live as we're allowed to be. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, Triple M, please return my emails. But, dude, I saw... Uh, in shocking radio news, obviously we're part of the radio industry now. You're wearing headphones as we speak. Cans, yeah. You, you, mate, exactly. <laughs> You're wearing cans, mate. That's an industry term. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Chrissy Swan, Jonathan Brown and Sam Pang, Melbourne Breakfast Radio legends, uh, they've quit, mate. They've quit at the height of their fame. And uh, don't worry, Chrissy Swan will still be doing afternoons next year. Thank God. Thank God. Um, but mate, what what piqued my interest? Because I, I was looking for stories for the podcast, and uh, it said surprise duo replaces Chrissy, Sam, and uh, fucking Brownie or whatever. Mm. Ben and Liam from Triple J. Remember those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, those poor guys. So they they they've got the Melbourne job now. So they were doing Nova and Adelaide apparently. Yeah, they scurried back to Adelaide. I remember. Oh, big time. And and, and here's the thing is. That was an interesting one because make no mistake, they fucking, they were, they got, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. And I felt really bad for those guys because they seemed cool enough to me. Like at the time I was like an avid Triple J listener and you know, uh, they got bullied so much dude. Like I love how the Triple J community is like, yeah, we're all lefties. Like we just, uh, we love everyone. And then like these two guys are just trying to have a very harmless laugh in their breakfast radio <laughs> slot and people are just texting like death threats. Yeah, I think one of them had a one Ben or Liam had a fringe. I think that didn't bode well for him. He had a little uh, emo fringe. Mm, I think no, I don't think one of them had a fringe, but I think one of them I don't know which one's Ben and which one's Liam. Which it, is this is the problem with their broadcasting, I well, think. Well this is the problem with the brand, you know? <laughs> the two homogenous white guys. <laughs> This is why we're not going to make it. Anyway, anyway, um, 
Also, I was going to say, yeah, they scurry back to Adelaide, but like, here's the thing. For four hundred k, yeah, they'd be they'd be fucking minted. Those guys, mm. they're killing it. And mate, the Melbourne job would be fucking, oof, oof, <laughs> fucking oh, the mainstream. How good's the mainstream? Dude, it's so. Oh, I would love to be part of the mainstream, dude. <laughs> Here's the thing: you're kind of you're more built for the mainstream than me by far, but definitely because you love entertainment news. Oh, I love it, and <laughs> I listen to a lot of radio at work. And boy, do they love Daily Mail entertainment news. Oh, I just go on news.com.au and just try and pick out a couple of stories Liam, for the pod. <laughs> like you, you would easily talk to anyone about Liam's he- Liam Hemsworth or whatever. Oh, fucking oath. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm actually, uh, yeah, 100%. But also, I like talking about news that doesn't matter. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be doing a Russia-Ukraine <laughs> update every week because... It's very hard to make it funny, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, just being like, hmm, I'm starting to think Russia's the bad guys. <laughs> Wait, imagine I've been pro-Russia for like the first six weeks of the war. I'm like, I'm like, guys, I just saw this Vladimir Putin interview. I don't want to shock anyone, but I think this is a bad guy. <laughs> Dude, my mate Mark, he said that he saw an improv gig and knew someone in the troop or whatever and then chilled with the other improvers afterwards at their house yep. and they were smoking weed. And he was just fucking around. He's like ironic like 95% of the time. Yeah. And he was like, I'm starting to think, because we just kept saying it. We we're like, I'm starting to think this Putin guy is a bad guy. He's the bad guy. And they were like, you need to leave. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, can we finish this joint? And they're like, no, I think you should go. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mate, well, he's a big improv troupe. Yes, and. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like- Yes, and like the problem with the improv people, they're like, no, no one that doesn't do this is ever joking. Yeah, we're the only people that could possibly joke. Yeah, <laughs> fucking morons. Oh, dude, improv <laughs> is trash. <laughs> it is absolute trash. How about you write something down, you fucking dorks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, could you not afford a fucking pen? Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I have no time to write anything down with my dad paying my rent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the dirty secret with improv: is take any improv troupe from around the world. And line them all up and point out one of them that didn't grow up rich. Point out just one of them that isn't coming down from the ivory tower to make some shit up on a Wednesday (laughs) night. I'm going to be silly for 55 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you guys are being silly over there. We're just going to be fucking red hot over here, so... Have you got two and a half minutes on being a removalist, you dumb dogs? Yeah. <laughs> how are you going to impose your will on the world? <laughs> how, how are you going to reveal all your flaws and biases? <laughs> oh, you don't have anything to talk about or no views or anything? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Are you telling me you don't read a story and immediately think that everyone in the world wants to hear your take on it? <laughs> <laughs> No, I've been a stand-up comedian. Probably melt your mind, though. Oh, Because <laughs> sometimes the most horrific shit will happen. I'll be like, my family will be like, oh, my God, that's so sad. And I'm like, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, fuck. I know, I know. But, uh, mate, so the, the comeback from Ben and Liam, I got to say, where's the ESPN doco on these blokes? From, oh, here's, here's the opening of the doco. Because one of them, um, like, full-blown cried on Triple J that time. I thought it was very moving radio. I remember listening I mean, to it. fair play to him because, like, mate, at what point? He said he, he'd be out on the piss mm. and people would just be having a go at him. Mm. You know what I mean? At least people are only mean to me on the internet. And also, who cares about Triple J radio so much that you're going to just yell at some dude's face? Dude, that's the thing. Dude, so I, uh, I haven't listened to Triple J much in the last three years, only because I finally got a connector for my iPhone in the Metro. Mm. But before that, I would listen to Triple J all the time. 
Some presenters I liked, some I didn't. I don't know what you would have to do to get me <laughs> to the point where I would um, harass someone on the text line, it, um, on the internet, or God forbid, in real life. Like these 20 year old fucking little cunts going up to this bloke at a pub being like, you suck. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, mate, what do you, what do you, a, a fucking intern and a real estate agent? Bro, so mean. I used to text the Triple J text line in the removalist truck when we'd put it oh, on yeah. in there when Woodhead was working because I know him personally. And I'd just say- Oh, name drop. Because <laughs> I'd just message him bitchy shit about other comedians in Sydney. Oh, yeah. Like, yada, yada, yada's a fucking loser. They can't write <laughs> <laughs> right, you. This, is, so this is how you deal with the Triple J text line. Yeah, it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. Um, mate, I just- I don't understand how anyone could get that fired up about anything, let alone- the fact that the brand of comedy on Triple J's new breakfast duo is not to your particular liking. You're like, I liked Matt and Alex so much that I hate you. And yeah. You're like, All right. Well, two things are wrong there. Yeah. Also, Matt and Alex were great, but it's like, it's like, are you legitimately a child? Were you living in some sort of a fantasy where you thought you'd be 65 waking up to Matt and Alex? <laughs> <laughs> Matt O'Connor's just like 73. He's like, what's up? Yeah. They, they were like both 28 like at that time. Yeah. And they were great. Yeah. They were great. They were good. But also like, just here's the thing. I'm not even saying you have to like Ben and Liam, <laughs> but to get to the point, you know, when people like, um, I don't understand how anyone gets so angry about anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But- uh, Just find everything funny and it kind of annoy everyone around you. Yeah, it's just like- about that? I don't know, dude. I saw Ben and Liam having some of the saddest pints at the Norfolk one time and it just broke my heart. Mate, I think I don't think they enjoyed their time in this city. I don't think they enjoyed the big smoke at all. I think I think the city chewed them up and spat them out. And I think Melbourne may do the same. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I've, I've, well, they're on FM radio now. They're FM yeah. radio boys. Yeah. And here's the thing is like- I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I just don't, I, those boys got absolutely <laughs> trashed. It was brutal. It was brutal to, it, to get to the point where you just go, look, fuck this dude. I'm just going to break down on air because mm. I'm so sick. The, it, mate, if you can't even go for a beer, it's like, I'm sorry, is this guy a war criminal? Yeah, yeah. Is this guy like gentrified a fucking whole village in Uzbekistan? <laughs> like, seriously, like, this is crazy. And also I'd say if me and you got that job and people were being- really bloody mean to us. I would have broken down about five months earlier. Oh, dude, here's me on the third episode going, <laughs> going guys, I'm seriously sick of this shit. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm just trying to like live my dreams right now. <laughs> dude, imagine, dude, what about the trip on that where you go, mate, imagine you, you get the phone call, you go, fucking hell, we're on here, lads. Triple J breakfast. And they were like 23. Mm. This is the pinnacle of the pinnacle. Mm. You go, fucking hell, like everyone's high-fiving. Mm. And- uh, Anyway, uh, and then you go two months into living out your dreams, you you have clinical depression. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, this never happened in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just being in Adelaide, be like, well, I guess I'll never see this town ever again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. once over the Christmas period, but I'll probably be in New York. I'll yeah. probably be chilling. Dude, oh, I don't even so know. Funny. And also, like, it's, it's just radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, also, so Ben and Liam are getting death threats on the text line on Triple J from the indie 21-year-old audience. Meanwhile, exact same time on 106.5, Kyle Sandlands is like, uh, call in if you've ever gang-raped a midget. <laughs> Have you ever fingered someone against their will? Call us. It'll be funny. 
yeah, yeah. And, and like parents are driving their kids to school going, oh, that Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How were the 80s, love? They were crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then Ben and Liam are like, oh, I've got a little quip from... I went to Woolies the other day. These self-serves are a bit tricky and people are like, kill yourself. Kill yourself. <laughs> and then it's just like, all right, now on to hack. Is ghosting a form of violence? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, uh, Anyway, dude, I think we've done like 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah. We're Felt good. pretty good. Mate, um, Rowan, obviously we've got the live episode of Get Around Me coming up on December 2nd. Hope to see you there. Tickets are on sale at the link in my Instagram bio. Rowan, I'd just like to hear you promote that live show a little bit. I will promote the live show. No, right what... now. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for the live throw. We should brainstorm some ideas after this. That would be a good idea. So it's not just us being like, oh, this shit doesn't really work when you're not in a bedroom. Okay, firstly, I'll stop you right there because I've got grand plans for the live show. Oh, really? Nice. Grand plans. Nice. nice. It's going to be fucking unreal. Sick. Sick. Also, I think we're not even going to release it. I think it's going to be a lock-in. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I what, think that's what, what happens in the room- Stays in the room. Stays in that's the That's such a room. good idea. Yeah. You're a genius. I'm People a genius. underestimate you, Billy. You're hilarious. I know. It's because I look- I've got this boyish charm. <laughs> Dude, um, do you know what I said? I said on the end of a TikTok the other day, I was talking about my high school reunion. I was like- I thought that was hilarious. I watched that. Oh, thank you, mate. That might be the first bit of my content you've ingested <laughs> in the last five years. That I didn't send to Fletcher Lowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say that you didn't immediately light up four group chats with. Being like, can you believe this kind of... Oh, you've got such a mean perception of me. Oh, I think I'm pretty bang on. But, uh, but uh, I said at the end of the thing, I was like, you, sh- you, should, uh, you shouldn't have a high school-sized chip on your shoulder unless... <laughs> You shouldn't have a high school size chip on your shoulder unless you turn out to be famous or gay. And but then again, I'm both and I still went. <laughs> and then the, the joke is that I'm not f- famous or gay. Mm. And one of the top comments on TikTok was, "Oh my god, is this sexy little chipmunk gay?" Did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you become so much hotter when you get gay? Dude, dude, honestly, I was gay for a second on TikTok, and I got to say it felt pretty good. It feel uh, yeah, yeah. I um yeah, I feel so much hotter around gay men as well. Yeah. I do get that, yeah. I'm well, like a straight six, but a gay, like, seven. Well, I here's one like. for you. They love Macca. Yeah, really? Take Macca to a gay bar. It's like fucking... It's it's crazy. It's like when they... um, uh, I'm trying... All the analogies I just thought of are actually quite disrespectful, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're ra- gay they're men ravenous are ravenous for Macca. Ravenous. I like... Well, once I was with this... I just a gay dude in a bar and my girlfriend, and we were just dancing and then i was dancing in front of him kind of like a spoon and then he kind of held me like that and i was just because i'm like a bigger dude i'd never been held like that before and it was fucking incredible bro it was i totally got it i was like this is fucking dude just to be a little lady that's just being held by some guy behind i was like oh my god this is incredible and then my drunk mate saw my chick my ex-girlfriend dancing with him and walked up and was like what are you doing what are you it's like yeah mate, we're all cool with this don't yeah, worry yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. idiot I know <laughs> oh dude well anyway mate the live show should be good I'll see you there December 2nd bup 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 cool cool